there was once a teenage girl at one hour who didn't have a team to play in. What would you say to her now? You just made me a bit emotional then. Um, yeah, like that is the reality, you know. I was I didn't have a club to play in because there was no age grade and I fought for so long to even get my first Welsh cap and to be in this privileged position now and the strides that the game has taken is, is massive. Wales women's captain Sean Lillycrap showing just how much it means to have 12 professional women rugby players in Wales. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. A historic day, plenty of emotion and lots of different angles to listen to. Well, Sevens operation is also back up and running after a COVID break. We'll hear from the WRU's head of Sevens later as they prepare to go back to the World Series this month. But of course, we'll start with that announcement of the 12 players to become the first group to get professional contracts with Wales women. Plenty to get through, as I said, and worth hearing at length. Stick to the end to hear Sean Lily Crap in full. First, we'll hear from head coach Ewan Cunningham and WRU performance director Nigel Walker. This is a, a momentous, a historic day for the Welsh Rugby Union, for our Welsh women rugby players in particular. It's been a long time in the making. Um, it started in earnest, I guess, late summer, early autumn. I want to thank Ewan Cunningham and his coaching team. Hannah John, our team manager, worked extremely hard over those months to get it to the position we're in today. Full-time contracts for 12 players. We've just gone through uh, a relatively successful autumn where we won two games out of three. We were very pleased with the progress we made. A number of players played particularly well, and we felt it would have been unfair to limit it to 10 rather than 12. We felt there were 12 players who warranted full-time contracts, and they're 12 players who we think, if we invest time and effort into their development plans over the short and long term, we'll see rapid growth in each of those individuals, which will obviously consequently lead to a greater team performance. A lot of the girls played exceptionally well during the autumn campaign. Um, we wanted to reward them with the option and the offer of a contract and also the excitement that we have regards the opportunity of working with them on a full-time basis and the growth and the, uh, the acceleration of growth that we can have in them as athletes and rugby players over the next 12 months is super exciting for us as a coaching group. Yeah, how difficult was it then, Johan? Because I'm sure there are some disappointed girls that, that missed out. It was difficult. And unemotional as well, if I'm honest. But um, we want to perform based on performance and tough conversations have to happen in performance. And there's a lot of close calls. But we settled on the 12 that we feel have got great growth potential as players and also have earned the right through their performances, their attitudes, their application over the period. So um, that's where we settled on it, really. Six Nations is not too far away. Can we see an immediate effect and a, a real tangible um, difference? Well, I think we can, from the short term, we want to gain strides in our conditioning and also build on some of the gains that we did in the autumn from a structural point of view. And having access to the players on a, on a full-time basis, we feel we can really fine-tune our game on a daily basis, focusing on the areas that we took away from the autumn with the 12 who uh, the spine of the team, really, as we move forward. What does a, a training week, how would you expect it to typically look like? Our main working week will be a four-day week, so they'll come in Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 
and also we've worked closely with the the clubs in in England where the girls play, so everything's aligned to their performance because we ultimately want them to perform on on weekends as well for their clubs, and then the retaining contracts once everything aligns there, so that they will come in from a, a two day a week process. So suddenly we're getting close to working with a big group of players on a daily basis. Yeah, Nigel, where are we with those uh, retainer contracts then? Are we close to the line there? We are very close to the line and we would expect to make an announcement in the not-too-distant future because we don't want to waste any time. And as you said, we want the uh, retainer contracts and full-time contract, the players holding those contracts, to be training on a regular basis. So there will be news shortly on that. Johan touched upon the um, relationship with the English clubs. Uh, what's been the reaction from those English clubs? We've had meaningful conversations. They understand where we're coming from. We understand what they want to achieve. And it's bringing those two things together so that the players benefit from both input from the club and from the Welsh Rugby Union. And we're confident we're in a position where we can achieve that. It's just the start, hopefully, of something big in Welsh rugby for women. Yes. If we didn't think it was sustainable, we would not be entering into these contracts. One year obviously ties very nicely with the World Cup cycle. We'll see where we are when we get to the end of the summer, beginning of the autumn, when we start those negotiations for contracts uh, for post uh, the World Cup. Shuan, uh, as a professional player, congratulations on the contract, first of all. Not just for me, for I think speaking on behalf of all players, but you know, for me personally, you know, it's a dream job to be able to have this opportunity to to be a professional rugby player, um, to be a professional rugby player in Wales and to be the best player we can be for that red jersey is huge. And, you know, it's going to be life-changing for myself to be able to concentrate on being the best player I can be ahead of the World Cup is absolutely massive. And um, it's a dream, really, that you've grown up and always wanted to be a a pro player and, and represent your country to your best ability. And we've got that chance to do it now. But I think the main thing for us as, as players and myself is the journey's just beginning. You know, we've got this opportunity. It's now how we change that story over the next uh, 12 months. It's going to be life-changing for me, but also we've got a chance to change the face of, of Welsh women's rugby and we've got a chance to, to change the narrative and story. And that is even bigger than any of us personally. So, you know, this is a huge, huge day for Wales women's rugby, really. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to have this this chance to be the best player I can be and, and do that jersey proud. So, uh, yeah, it's massive. And I think seeing it all and feeling it all come to life today, it's uh, it's quite emotional. We saw um, on the social media this morning, the WRU put out a video of your first day walking up to the training centre. Can you just give us a little bit of a taste of what your day looks like? And how much it's going to change what you can actually achieve as an individual athlete? It's going to change uh, so much. So our weeks are scheduled to allow us to be the best player we can be, but also to work with, with our clubs collectively. So, you know, we're, we're generally in, in the morning with Wales. and Our programme has been carefully designed. So, you know, we've got speed and that's split up into acceleration and so on. We're in the gym four times a week and that might not be always you know a tough gym session that might be technical development and you know allowing our bodies to physically develop and then you know it's broken up into skills throughout the week as well so you know that could be a catch pass skill base or it could be a contact session but relatively low level in more technical side of things and 
to be completely honest, you know, that's maybe areas that have been neglected because when we've been in previously, it's concentrating on game plan and how we essentially preview teams, review teams and how we prepare for the next game. Now we have the luxury of developing those core skills to make us better players, which will ultimately help our game plan. So, uh, you know, that's super exciting. You know, we're going to have individual development plans that, you know, as an individual, we will really concentrate on certain elements of, of our game or physically. And, you know, we've got to achieve those. So we can really get into the teeth of what makes us better players right now. And uh, we've got a good window now before Six Nations and then a great window pre-World Cup to actually make great strides. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. You know, you, you get to wake up, you have breakfast, train, eat, recover, train again in some format. And our week is tailored then around our, our club sessions and our games. So to make sure we're also prepared to, for me personally, get to Bristol train there or play for Bristol on a weekend and uh, recover, you know, and that's the main thing, you know, being able to get into a pool, recover, prepare meals and, you know, have good amounts of sleep to recover is going to be massive for us as individuals. Yeah, I'm just, well, buzzing really to get, well, we're, we're in it now and to see the games really and, and the hard work, that's the main thing, you know, we've got to work hard, this doesn't come easy and we're all committed to working hard and, and changing that uh, story. Nigel, we've touched already that these are one-year contracts. How will that review process work? And do you think in the future, you say this is a World Cup year, so it's quite neatly tied up, but obviously WXV will get underway in 2023. How will that cycle work as you move forward to review and change maybe again? Well, I've got a very open mind about that. Uh, The review process will start probably late summer, early autumn. And the coaches will obviously have a a huge part to play in that. And I said, this is just the start. And I said a few months ago that I wanted to build the best women's programme in the world. And that's still the ambition. It doesn't mean it'll have the most money. It doesn't mean it'll have the most players on contract. But in terms of the ethos around the programme and performance being at the heart of everything we do, it will be the best programme in the world. And we're committed to doing that. And we know that we need a number of professional full-time athletes, full-time players in that squad, and that will be the ambition. We are going to produce the best programme for our women players uh, that we can. Congratulations, Sean, on the contract. Given that the promise of these contracts was made firstly three or four years ago, did you fear this day would never come? Speaking completely honestly, yeah, I think, you know, with it being discussed for maybe such a, a long period of time, you do feel that somewhat, but the one thing that we've never given up on is hope and belief. And to be fair, look what's happened now. And we, we held on to that hope and the want to, to change for, for the better and the future of the game and, and the future of Wales. And, you know, to be fair to, as I've said before, you know, Steve Phillips, the CEO, and since this all throughout last year, 2021, speaking to us and then Nigel's appointment, and since Nigel before even started getting involved in our programme, speaking to us as players. And and the main thing for us is we felt listened to and we absolutely were listened to as players and huge strides have been made forward. And then Johan and, and his team taking us on for the autumns. And I've said this to Johan before, you know, the one thing that they reinstalled in us was belief and that was belief in our, our abilities. And then obviously the confirmation of contracts and on this time that's happened, 
It changed the way we were able to play. It changed the way that we were able to trust each other completely. And I don't use that word lightly. You know, we have got complete trust in in the whole process and everything that we've gone through. And there was times that it was it was dark and we, we did fear it wouldn't happen, but we didn't stop fighting for it and hoping and believing and, and look at the outcome that we've had today. But I, I will say, you know, it's a big thank you to, to Steve, Nigel and Johan for getting us to, to this point as players as well. And we've said it as, as a group, you know, now the hard work begins, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're just grateful that we're, we're at this point and we've got a good, you know, 10 months essentially before the World Cup to really get our teeth into this as players. You and other players have said before that this has been taking on the likes of England. This has been like playing with, with one hand tied behind your back. You've seen what professionalism has done in England. Have they gone so far over the horizon? They're out of sight or can you realistically catch up the likes of England? I think we need to be realistic on, on timeframes over how soon can we catch up. But, you know, we absolutely can. You look at the amount of girls that are, are playing week in, week out in the Allianz 15s and playing superbly. And people talk about it, the best rugby league club competition in, in the world are competing. You know, our girls are, are playing outstandingly in those competitions week in, week out. And I'm a bear. We often train well, I have trained in the daytimes with the Red Roses girls. And, you know, our abilities aren't hugely far apart. But what they've had the ability to do is, is rest, recover and physically really push on. We've got that opportunity now, you know. So, you know, we're a rugby nation. We're blessed with rugby abilities, I would say, and, and knowledge of the game and the passion for the game. Where we can really push on now is, like Johan said, is, is physically and that rest recovery to make sure our, our bodies are in the best possible position to perform on that international stage to the best of our ability and that that is massive so yeah you know I think time frames is a, is a tough one to say can we catch them up absolutely we can and I've got complete faith in this program that it will allow us to do that but performance doesn't happen overnight you know that will is something that will take time. You know and it's very unusual to be coaching a team which has a mix of pro players semi-pro players and amateur players I'm not sure there's any precedent for it. Have you thought about, as a coaching team, how you're going to manage that and how that might impact the kind of group's kind of culture as a whole? Yeah, we, we've um, we've had a discussion about it. But something we built during the autumn is that the team comes first and everyone works towards the team and your role within that team. Nothing changes for us as a coaching group. And it's also continuing on the relationships that were built during the autumn with every player, which is really important. And regular contacts from each coach with the players is, is really important. So the player understands where they are, how they can get better, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the balancing act and, and the work that gets put in daily, really, with everyone in the group. How quickly do you expect to see an impact in terms of, say, performance on the field? And what are your kind of expectations for the Six Nations now, given that you've got hold of a big group of players for a much longer period of time? For us as a coaching group, obviously, I spoke about the word fitness and conditioning. What we want to see in the Six Nations is show that we can perform at a level of intensity for much longer. If we're ahead in a game, we really kick on. If we're slightly behind in a game on the scoreboard, we can claw back and get back into it with, with 20, 30 minutes to go. And those things are, are areas that we will look at, areas that can be measured regarding our intensity, player output from GPS markers and things. So that's the type of stuff we want to look at going into the Six Nations and coming out of it which will help us towards the World Cup. Wales women are going to be based at the Vale now. It seems like 
or hopefully then you would hope it's going to be a much more unified approach you know it's not going to be you're a Wales women international someone else plays for the men's team is it going to be very much a you know this is the home of, of Wales internationals full stop yes but one important caveat the pandemic is having an impact on that and we had a number of meetings uh, some of them between Christmas and the new year to make sure that our women and our men can coexist safely within their bubble. So we've done a lot of work uh, with regard to that facility. But in normal times, when we get to normal times, there will be a flow of information and it won't matter whether you're female or male, you will be a Welsh international rugby player who will avail themselves of all the services available uh, within the Welsh Rugby Union. Joanna, you said a couple of these conversations, or, or if not all, maybe were emotional. How so? Can you give us a couple of examples of, of a few players' reactions, maybe, when you told them they were being offered contracts? All of them. I've, I've worked their entire lives, really, to the point to, to get to this. So some tears, happy tears, a little bit of shock. Really, am I? You know, surprised. And, but it was great. You know, it was always great delivering good news to people that are deserving of it. So it was, um, it was excellent. Sure. Many congratulations. What it absolutely does, it will push all of us as players in, into being the best players we can be and, and make other players strive to be in our fortunate position. And like Nigel said, you know, there will be discussions end of summer for post-World Cup contracts, etc. So girls know that they can achieve this now. It, it, it's, it's in play and there will be retainer contracts. Those girls will be in training with us as well and will still be in camps. And I think, you know, what one thing is for certain, you know, over the tough times maybe we've had over the last few years, we've stayed tight as a player group. We know we've, we've stuck together. And even though when results haven't been going our way, you know, we stuck with the process. We've, we've stayed completely together and, and not splintered. So there is more work to make sure that continues. But I think from everything that we've been through and where we are now, I have no doubt that you know the girls are, are supportive. We'll elevate each other. We'll work with each other and make sure we're all in the best position we can be to represent Wales in the best possible light. That's why we're doing this. It's not just about us. It's about inspiring the next generation of players and when we announced the contracts were going to happen in, in November and we were at a skill centre and the positivity around those under-18s girls that were absolutely ecstatic that this had just been announced because it made their dream come true that potentially they could be a job, have a job as a professional player one day. And for me, that is the thing that we need to remember why we're doing this as well. It's about those young girls or boys or anyone that loves the game of rugby, it's inspiring them to achieve something really special. And that's what we've got to remember as well as a playing group. It's not just about us as players, it's about the next generation and how we inspire through rugby. And that's that's what we're going to do. You know, it's going to be concentrating on our rugby, our performance, and uh, hopefully that will, will change the story, as I mentioned earlier. There was once a teenage girl at one Arlo who didn't have a team to play in. What would you say to her now? Rob, you just, you just made me a bit emotional then. Um, yeah, like, that is the reality, you know. I, was, I didn't have a club to play in because there was no age grade. And, um, I fought for so long to even get my first Welsh cap and to be in this privileged position now and the strides that the game has taken is, is massive. Sorry, that really struck home then. <laughs> We're all hugely proud of you. Say no more. Thank you.
You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Wow, powerful stuff. Rob Cole asking the questions at the end there. It just shows how much it means to Shuan as Wales captain and all the players. We'll hear from some more next week. But it's also the restart of the Wales Sevens programme. They head to Spain this month for the next two rounds of the World Sevens series. Head of Sevens Richie Pugh spoke to Graham Gillespie. It's like coming back into the Sevens after spending some time in the 15s game with the Ospreys. Yeah, we're, we're a week into it and uh, you know I've loved it to be honest. It's good to you know that the boys have brought plenty of energy. It's been a lot of work to get the squad together in such a short period and and we've only got two weeks really uh, you know, on the ground prep before we uh, we leave for the Malaga and the HSBC World Series. So oh, it's been really good, energetic, dynamic start and been good that it's all come into place. So what's the process actually been like to get your squad? Because obviously in these COVID times, prior to COVID, the Sevens have been sort of parked to one side. Now we've got a Sevens programme again. Where have you got these players from? Uh, yeah, it's not as straightforward as uh, just you know inviting boys in. It's been a challenge to get the squad together in such a short time with players in different environments. But what we have done, you know, fortunately we've had three boys that have, have been involved in the GB program: Luke Trahan, Morgan Williams, Tom Williams. There's also boys that have been playing invitational sevens that we've looked into, and then you know our relationships with the regions, which you know having my experience working with the Ospreys for the last two and a bit years. We've tapped into that and we've got some quality young up-and-coming um, academy boys coming into the programme. So yeah, we've, we've had a base of 19 players and you know, it's been really good. Plus then you add in, so Lloyd Evans, Aberavon, you know, has been brilliant coming in. He's good sevens experience and we're working with them to kind of got an appetite to get back on the series. So uh, yeah, so there's some quality added to the squad. So with the squad, it's going into the unknown really on the World Series. What are you expecting or hoping to achieve, say, for the first two rounds in Spain? We've got to be realistic in terms of where we're at from you know two weeks prep you know as a training group on the ground leading into a World Series. We, you know we are going to be slightly undercooked, but from a coaching point of view, you know, we've been focusing on so Nick uh, Wakeley who's, who's assisting me. We've got to make sure that we, we make the main things the main things. You know, not focus on you know all the little elements. You've got to really focus on our on our key principles and, and drive them through because you know we can go off at different angles, but just got to make sure that we know what we're focusing on and, and get those right and we'll just keep building on that then and what's good is like I said the players they've got some good experience and some good enthusiastic youngsters and we're, we're learning pretty quickly at the moment So how important is it that you've got the likes of you mentioned Lloyd Evans Luke Trahan do you be relying on those guys to bring the younger guys coming through? Yeah, the experienced boys are huge for you know, and what they're, they're putting in place already. Their experiences from GB, from being on the World Series two or three seasons ago, it's been huge. But that's met with, like I said, with the youngsters, the enthusiasm, the willing to learn. And you know, these boys that are coming in, are, you know, day to day professional players with their regions. So that quality shining through. So you know, yes, they're going to be sevens undercooked in a sense of the intensity and. But you know, we'll quickly get there. We'll quickly put that in place. So it's no secret you've got lots of experience in the sevens. How excited are you coming back into the program, leading the program, if you like, with these young guys? When Nigel presented the challenge to me two months back, I knew that it was it was one that you know, I was excited about. I loved my time at the Ospreys and, and kind of what I've learned there from the likes of Toby Booth and, and the other coaches. But um, you know, it's a thing that I've always uh, been interested in when I've been away from the environment. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back to it and you know, know the challenges that lie ahead. Give us the names of a couple of the younger guys that maybe we haven't heard from that you're hoping might you know, be able to come through. So we've got Tom Brown, who's been playing a lot, a lot for Samurai Rugby. 
and you're on the same circuit so you know, we're looking forward to seeing him you know, coming from Spurry St Edmunds Lloyd Lewis again been playing his trade with Pontypool has experienced the World Series before so we're just looking to see how he's matured over the years and, and he's really showing promise in training um, and then there's boys that the youngsters Ewan Ross has been involved with us Carrick McDonough you know, so boys from the Dragons yeah. they're just exciting youngsters who are, you know, are keen to learn at the moment and uh, it's, it's good to see them play yeah, you mentioned those guys I know Ewan Ross in particular looked pretty sharp on the training pitch last week yeah, he looked sharp. He looked like he was ready to go. Like I said, lots of questions, learning lots. You know, Sevens is you know not something he's too familiar with. But boys like him, Benji Hoppy, Benji Williams from the Ospreys, they're just exciting young talents that uh, you know I've enjoyed working with over the last week. Welsh Sevens program is just great to be back on the series. It's great to be really take it as a development tool that can you know really put us forward. And like I said, the relationships that we work with the regions, with the Premiership clubs gives boys different opportunity, new exposure to different environments and you know the World Series is a world-class environment to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare on their return as well. The Wales squad for the Six Nations and more from Wales women next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.